Pet Resource Radio is sponsored by La Mega KC, Kansas City Spanish radio station. Listen online or at 100.5 FM. We're also sponsored by our friends at 1KC Radio. Listen at 100.1 in the KC Metro or online at 1KCRadio.org. Poop. We flush it away, we put it in little bags, all kinds of stuff. But there's a lot to be learned from it, especially when it comes to your pets. We're talking fecal matters with our chief vet, coming up on Pet Resource Radio. From the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City, I'm Dave Shapiro. And I'm Sierra Howe. We're coming to you from our very busy building at 59th and Troost and KC Moe. We're a nonprofit whose goal is to keep pets and people together through supportive services. Hello. Hi. How are you? Not bad. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Uh, We're recording this on a Thursday. After lunch, man. I could take a nap. It's weird because we've got that like Thursday momentum, like we're near the end of the week, but then it's it's just after lunch, so we're not... But we're hanging in there. Slothful. But yeah, we're okay. And we should get excited because we're talking about poop today. We are talking about poop today. I am. I'm really excited. Dr. Washington is. I'm excited about this whole endeavor that we have where we're collecting poop. Um, you'll find out about that later in the podcast when we talk to um, Dr. Washington. But uh, I don't yeah. know. It's an exciting opportunity. I've never seen someone more excited to talk about poop than her. So yeah. <laughs> stick around for yeah. sure. But first, why don't we do some pet news? All righty. Social media is a powerful tool when it comes to finding adoptable pets forever homes, and a five-year-old cat named Fishtifer had nine families waiting in line to meet him after homeward-bound pet adoption centers tweet about him went viral. According to the shelter in Blackwood, New Jersey, Fishtifer was a quiet couch potato who seemed out of sorts. He was sad and depressed in the shelter setting, and he wouldn't even eat his food unless he had company from a staff member or volunteer. Laura Foltz and her partner Tanner Callahan were the lucky ones that gave Fishtifer a forever home, and they traveled all the way from Baltimore to meet him. Quote, knowing he was popular, we drove up to Homeward Bound with some hopes, but knew if not Fishtifer, we wouldn't come home empty pod as we saw a few other cats online that we were considering, she told NBC News. We arrived early enough to be the first ones, and he was adopted. Laura created Instagram and Twitter accounts for Fishtifer to share his journey, but also to use this platform to retweet posts about other cats in need of forever homes. His Instagram handle is at Mr. M-I-S-T-E-R dot Fishtifer if you want to look him up and brighten your day. As for Homeward Bound Pet Adoption Center, they're working with other animal welfare organizations and Best Friends Animal Society to help New Jersey reach no-kill status by 2025, which is a 90% save rate or higher. Pretty cool. And he's the cutest little thing. He is real cute. I was actually, I just randomly saw him today. Did you? Yeah, I was just scrolling through stuff. I went and followed him as our um, Pet Resource Center account on Twitter and Facebook. Not Facebook, sorry, Instagram. Yeah. And I love how she's using his account to share other adoptable cats. I think that's really thoughtful. Yeah, it's good. It's like you have a built-in audience anyway, so then you have a chance to... Say like, mm-hmm. hey, you love this cat. Look at all these cats. It's good stuff. Yep. So it's no secret that walking is good for you, right? 
If you're someone like me who's lazy and doesn't like to do things, you've likely been told at the very least you should be going for walks. And of course, it's good for your dogs, keeps them active and exposes them to new things for them to interact with. Well, now it looks like those walks aren't just good for them physically, but cognitively as well. Authors of a new paper analyzed data from more than 15,000 dogs and discovered that lack of exercise was second only to age in terms of risk factors for dementia. All other factors being the same, the odds of dementia were six times higher in dogs that were not active compared to their more active counterparts. This is in line with what we know about dementia in humans as well. Activity reduces inflammation and increases plasticity in the brain. Okay, this makes me sad because if I'm going to be honest, since I've had a baby, I feel like I've spent less time mm-hmm. exercising my pets. Yeah. Like we used to go on walks and this and that. And now like on a nice day outside, we play Frisbee for 30 minutes and then come back inside. So I feel really bad Mm -hmm. that they're just lounging around the house during the day while we're gone and then not getting to do much. But I think this is going to push me to get out there more. Well, it's going to push me to get out there more. And I don't even have a dog. (laughs) You can come walk mine because they're crazy. Well, they're talking about like how many steps for a, for a human. They're like the the optimum to reduce you know d- the odds of dementia by this much is like ten thousand steps a day, and I'm like at like mm-hmm. three thousand. Like I don't take steps. Are you kidding me? Yesterday <laughs> when we carried all that stuff uh, over next door, I got some good steps Man, in, but I was embarrassed. I was very out of breath. So. Oh, I was you. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm basically dead. <laughs> so, well, I don't know CPR, so please don't die. I promise I won't. Um, but it's cool that you know, um, it's it's another reason. I mean, it's already there are already studies that show that human beings who have dogs tend to be in better shape than human beings that don't. Yeah, especially elderly, because you can. You, you have to go and walk your dog. You have to get exercise. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to see that there is a benefit for everyone um, in that regard. All right. I'm going to do it. Next episode, ask me okay. if I if I got out and walked my dogs. Yeah, I'm making a note right now. Okay. The time has come. Uh, let's go talk poop with Dr. Washington. This December, we have an opportunity that I've never seen in the seven years that I've worked here at PRCKC. Um, IDEX, who does our testing for us, they have offered to test as many fecal samples as we can possibly give them in the course of a month. Um, And that data will be used for various things. To talk to us about this opportunity and what you can learn from your pet's feces, we have Dr. Malia Washington, our chief veterinarian. Dr. Washington, welcome to Pet Resource Radio. Thank you. Very nice to have you back on. So why test your pet's feces? What's it going to tell you? So there's actually so much information that we can gain from being aware of how often our pets are going to the bathroom, what it looks like, all the things, which is probably super gross. But it's great for us as doctors to be able to test your pet's um output. (laughs) So we can make sure that we're keeping other pets in the home healthy as well as you and maybe even your children. There are um, parasites that can be passed from animals to humans and can cause some very nasty infections. And if you're not keeping track of how your pets are, keeping them on preventative and knowing what's in their fecals, 
it's potentially harmful to you and your family, um, as well as introducing new pets into your home um, and giving them an infectious disease from your other pet that you didn't know it had. So this fecal is going to tell us parasites um, that we actually can't even see. There's only two parasites that you can see with the naked eye. One is roundworms. That is one of the contagious ones to humans and incredibly common. And the other is tapeworms. So there's a whole lot of other parasites in between that that you're not actually going to see. And the only way that we'll know that it's there is if we test it and look for this under a microscope or do some other specific tests at the lab. So how does a fecal test work? Yeah, so every clinic is going to do this process a little bit differently. There's definitely multiple options that we can choose from. And we here at Pet Resource Center, because of the volume of clients that we see and uh, the relationship that we have with our um, laboratory, IDEX, um, we send all of the fecals to the lab. So they are going to collect those fecals. They're going to put them in a special solution, spin them in a centrifuge, and then look at it under a microscope. They also do additional testing called antigen testing, where they're looking at almost a cellular level on whether or not those parasites exist. So they do a couple of different processes in getting um, your fecal test done in the most complete manner. Um, Some clinics will do a flotation in-house. You can also do a direct smear, Um, but each different test is going to give you a different um, representation of each parasite and certain eggs you can't find on just a smear. Um, There's also little snap tests that you can test specifically for Giardia. So there's really multitudes of ways that you can test fecal samples. But for us, we're going to send these out to the lab. But the centrifuge test does give you the best results yeah, overall. Okay, It does. It does give you the best result. And we, and each one of those tests takes about 10 to 15 minutes. So mm-hmm. when we see 70 to 80 pets in wellness, we just don't have the time to take another 10 to 15 minutes to do that testing. And the lab does it for us. And uh, they do a fantastic job and we get the results back usually within one to two days. So it's really a rapid turnaround and we can get your pet treated quickly for things that we just don't have the time to do. Well, how often should a pet get a fecal test? So you're going to get different answers on this question too. Um, Yearly testing is the recommended um, amount of time for the majority of clinics. Each Mm -hmm. clinic, like heartworm testing and vaccines, they're going to have a little bit different protocols per doctor, per owner. Um, And I would say the most common is once a year. You'll also see every six months. Fecal testing is actually pretty new for us at PRC, and we are taking a really great opportunity that was given to us by IDEX to collect as many fecal samples as we can for the month of December. Um, We are trying to incorporate tests into our wellness packages, and this is really giving us a lot of data on what age groups of pets that we really need to focus on. Um, So they're going to they're going to give us the results back and we're going to go over all this collection and we're trying to get a thousand. It's a lot, but Mm -hmm. a thousand animals in a month to really get some good data for Kansas city pets and how we can treat them. What age groups is the most important for us to incorporate in our packages. Um, And that will also tell us how often maybe we should be doing this. So yearly at least. Um, And then again, just listen to your vet and whatever policies they have, they do that, you know, for their own reasons. Okay, so we have this opportunity to get as many fecal tests done this month as possible. How did this come about, and and what exactly do we hope to learn from it? Yeah, so 
This is really exciting because IDEX is relatively new. Um, we've only been working with them for a few months and they're just a really phenomenal company. And I got with our um, sales rep, his name's Russ, and we love him. Hey, Russ. Um, and Amanda, the technician that comes and helps us troubleshoot and install our machines. And we, I was like, man, I don't know how to do this. We see so many pets. It takes so much extra time. I don't know how it's going to work. We got to think about cost. And so we have brainstormed along with his boss and another um, laboratory representative. And they, this was their idea. Mm. They um, brought in one of their um, laboratory specialists for sales and how this stuff works. And he came in and chatted with me during surgery for a while. And he's like, let's just do this. Let's just let you guys do as many fecals as you want. You see how it's going to work because every step in the process could potentially take time away from another pet that we could see. And so they want to take this information and share it with not only their company, but with the national parasitic council that kind of regulates, um, how animals should be treated and how fecal testing is done and helps provide information to other people that are interested. So we really hope that this is going to provide some great information for the Midwest and Kansas city area, and also really help us trigger the right animals. Um, So at the end of the month, we're going to kind of go through the data and see how many positives we had. Um, Each day, it's a little bit different. Some days we'll get 10 or five or 10. Some days we're only getting two. Mm. Um, So it's kind of cool already. And then really just seeing how appreciative the owners have been um, from letting us have these tests done. They're, they're really coming in the same day or the very next day to get the medication for their pets. So I love seeing that and having them be really thankful and excited that we're offering this now. That's what I wanted. That's I really wanted to bridge that gap on that one little bit of wellness that we weren't doing enough of and do it a little bit better and try to educate in the process. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. And this is a this is really kind of an amazing opportunity for us. Um, it's not anything that I'd ever really thought about before, so I'm I'm glad it's happening mm-hmm. now. But yeah, what? So are there parasites that we're missing? I I definitely think there are. So we have been really trying to push pro heart, right? And mm-hmm. so that's your 12 month heartworm injection. Um, and we've we've treated hundreds of dogs already, and I love seeing that. Um, but there are only certain parasites that your monthly heartworm preventative or pro heart is going to cover. So say heart guard, right? The most popular probably heartworm prevention out there, it's going to cover hookworms and roundworms, which are the two parasites that can be transmissible to humans. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's not going to get tapeworms. Tapeworms come specifically from eating a flea. And a lot of times we're not seeing those in a stool sample unless we visibly see it. Right. Um, IDEX testing now has antigens for tapeworms, which is new and it's very exciting because sometimes we miss tapeworms for a while and they can be really difficult because they cause weight loss and usually no other symptoms. Um, Giardia is another one that you get by going to dog parks, being around water and highly populated areas with dogs. Um, you don't usually have to treat for Giardia unless they're symptomatic, but we're not regularly testing for those and prevention is not going to prevent those types of parasites, Coccidia too. So yeah, there are parasites that we're going to miss with our normal monthly prevention. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the ones that can wreak havoc on new puppies um, or 
potentially even humans if we're not on any preventative at all. So I think it's going to be exciting to educate our clients in this manner and, you know, shed some light on a not so fun topic, but it's something that's really important for our pets and our owners. Right. So how is the collection effort going so far? And will the poop puns ever stop? (laughs) So every time I talk about fecals with the team, there are so many fun conversations that happen and we have to find ways to laugh. So the poop puns have been phenomenal (laughs) and um, diarrhea of the mouth with the poop puns has been I, oh, I could go man. on for days. Scott's been the best one Scott for sure, yeah. for sure. But um, so our goal to get to a thousand, we needed about 53 per day. Mm-hmm. We're a little bit under that goal, but to put it in perspective for people who have no idea how many poop samples should be collected in a month, right? A normal, busy, private practice is going to collect maybe between 100 and 150 in a month. Right. And we're trying to get to a thousand. Right. So it's going to be an exponential amount of information. So we're we're getting there. I think so far this week, if I can remember, we're maybe sitting at about 150 like in the past like three days. Okay. So maybe four days, I guess, including today, we'll be at about 150. So we're almost there, but um, I just would encourage anybody who is listening or is interested at all, bring in your sample, even if you're not a client, because we're going to do this test for you at no cost. Everything is sponsored by IDEX, and I can't be any more appreciative of the work that they do and the help they've given us, because this is this is going to be great for the clients already, and especially during the holidays, right, when everybody's mm-hmm. trying to save. And if your dog does have parasites, we can get it treated. You're going to have a ton of family at your house. So you don't want them having any issues. Right. So if you're concerned at all, bring us a sample, and um, we'll get it checked out. Yeah, and this episode's going to drop uh, the 19th, I think, is the day. So there'll still be a little bit of time left in the month for people to come in and get that done because that's just that's just for the month of December 2022. Yeah. Um, well, Dr. Malia Washington, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day and coming to talk to us about poop. No problem. Thank you. We're firmly in cold weather territory, and two days after this episode drops, it will officially be winter. That means it's time to think about keeping your pets warm through the cold months. Hopefully, if you've got a cat, they're indoor only, but if you've got feral cats that get cared for in your neighborhood, making them a shelter can go a long way toward making their days and nights a little more pleasant. There are plenty of examples online that don't cost a ton to put together. But for dogs, well, they're going to have to go outside to go to the bathroom at least, and hopefully they're getting plenty of exercise. That means you've got to think about things like hypothermia and frostbite. Hypothermia is caused by low body temperature, and the combination of cold weather and fur that's gotten wet from snow can make this a more likely scenario. Hypothermia is anything below a dog's normal body temperature, which is between 101 and 102.5 degrees. Paleness, shivering, and listlessness are all signs of hypothermia. If you suspect your pet has it, wrap them in blankets, use heating pads, whatever you can do to heat them up. Just don't put anything too hot on them and avoid putting hot objects directly against the skin to avoid burns. Check your pet's temperature every 10 minutes, and if it's consistently below 98 degrees, it's time to get vet help. Frostbite is tissue damage that happens due to the cold. The most likely places for it to occur are the tips of their tails, ears, and toes. Just like in humans, it's those thinner extremities that run the most risk. If you see pale skin or a bluish-white hue, that's a sign of restricted blood flow because their body is directing blood flow to essential organs to keep them functioning. 
If you suspect frostbite, wrap the area in towels and get in some heat. Gently pat the area rather than rubbing it, as rubbing can actually be painful and damage the tissue. Of course, all this can be avoided by keeping your pets in as much as possible and making sure they're bundled up properly in snowy weather. Little booties can go a long way toward keeping those paws dry and frostbite free. And now we say goodbye to you, friends. Big thanks again to Dr. Malia Washington for being on the show today. As for us, we're a nonprofit dedicated to keeping pets and people together, and you can help. Just go to prckc.org and you can donate, volunteer, shop our online store, and more. If you're listening to us on your favorite podcasting app, please rate us and leave us a review. That always helps new people find us. And for all of the latest information, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're at PRR Podcast on both platforms. So tail wags and purrs to you and yours. And as Don DeLillo wrote, there is the thing about the trust of a dog that makes up for a lot of heartache we take in this life. Take care. Pet Resource Radio is a production of the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City. Produced, written, and hosted by Sierra Howe and David Shapiro. Recorded, mixed, and mastered by Dave Shapiro. Music by Hazel Raw Musical Industries, a.k.a. me. More info at soundcloud.com slash Musical Industries.